That's what we need. We need the Lord's mercy, don't we? Every day. His love and mercy. Because we are just weak. And if it was not for the Lord's mercy, oh goodness. If you could stand, please, and turn your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 5. Book of John, chapter 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, chapter 5. Let's look there at verse 1. The Bible says, After there, this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there, there I'm sorry, now there is, is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. And there lay a great multitude, keep that in mind, that number, a great multitude of impotent folks, of blind, half-withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole for those who have a disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity, listen to this, thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another step down after, I'm sorry, before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took his bed as, as bad, I'm sorry, and walked on the same day, and the same day was the Sabbath. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, that we see your power displayed here. Lord, nobody can do this but you. What a great miracle, Lord. 38 years this man lay there, for 38 years, no human hand cared enough for this man. But Lord, you came. You didn't tell him to get in the water, you just tell him to get up and walk. And he did. Lord, it takes faith to receive you as Savior. Amen. It takes faith to put our faith and trust in you. Right. It takes faith to believe in heaven. It takes faith that you are God of miracles. May today we believe that you are, O powerful God. May we today we believe there is power, there is hope beyond that cold grave. May we believe that this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, you believe that we live in a troubled world. A lot of ignorance going on in our world, right? A lot of hate. A lot of mean people. A lot of good people, too. <laughs> All right? I'm not going to say everybody's bad, but it's a lot of good people with good intentions, right? Believe it or not, there's a place called hell with, full of people with good intentions. They meant good. They really meant good. But they missed the mark. They missed Jesus. You know, there are many people who view or have a preconceived opinion that Jesus is just a weak man. And you look at the cross, you see this hopeless man dead in there. Unfortunately, he was not victimized by the Roman Empire. He is not a symbol of religion like many people say. People say to me, so you're a very religious man. I said, I'm not. And people got confused. I like that. I like when people get confused. Oh, so you're a very religious man. I'm not. What do you mean? You go to church, you've got to be religious. No, i got a relationship with Jesus. Amen. They, they get, they get, their mind goes, you can tell, oh, I love that. 
Do you know when people, you can see their eyes are a little crooked and their mind is like, because they're thinking. It's a good thing. You stimulate their mind. I go, you church, you're not religious. No, I'm not. Oh, that really get them going. But to this, mor- <laughs> this morning, we're going to look at consider Jesus' power. Is Jesus powerful? Oh, he's not. Oh, he's just, he was just a good man that unfortunately got crucified by the Romans. Or he was just doing what God, God's plan for, for the human race. Who was he? Was he just a prophet? Oh, he was God Almighty. Who was Jesus? Did he walk on water? Or was just a fake story? Did he raise people from the dead? Oh, he's just stories. Did he rose from the dead? Oh, he's just make-believe. You follow that? We either believe or we don't. Well, this morning we got a, a message here, of course, of a man who's laying in his bed for 38 years. And he goes to this pool where supposedly an angel comes, moves the water, and the belief is that people would jump in the water when the water's moved, and they would be cured of any disease they had. Well, unfortunately, this guy's laying there. Nobody cared about him because he's the human heart. Me first, you after. You say, no way. Yeah, that's exactly what happened here. You know, the water's move. Oh, I know you're there, but I have some disease. I'm in the water first. And for 38 years, he experienced that. We are good people, aren't we? <laughs> we are really good people. <laughs> so the, the book of John paints a picture, a beautiful picture, of the love of God for this lost and dying world. The whole book actually shows the, the Lord forgiving sin and giving eternal life to all who believe on his name. And the question is, is today people still, can, still people can get saved today? Yes. Is the love of God can still reach people? Yes. Actually, let me put it this way. If we love people the way Jesus loves us, there will be no racism in this world. You follow that? Because everybody's made in the image of God. If we respect our fellow men for who they are, our world will be a better world to live in. Of course... Those who don't believe in God and, and let their hate come out and they treat others you know, in ways that shouldn't be. So, let's look this morning at this, uh, uh, Jesus, consider Jesus' power. Is Jesus powerful or not? Let's look in the outline. If you like to follow outline, or you can look at the screens, or you can just listen to me. Say, a man's predicament. A man's predicament. Notice there from verse 5 to verse 7. Notice what the Bible says about this man. It says, a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. So this guy has been sick or ill for 38 years. That's a long time. All right? When Jesus saw him lying there, of course, Jesus went by, and he knew that he had been now for a long time in that case. He said unto him, will thou be made whole? He questioned him. He said, look, if you look at the verse, is a question mark there. So the impotent man answers, Sir, I have no man. He's being very practical. I said, Nobody came. I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me in the pool. So when the water is moving, supposedly, according to this tradition, you know, the other people jump in the pool and I'm laying here. I can't help myself. Wow. What we see here is the caring love of God that took time to talk to one person. You follow that? He say, God's too busy. No, he's not. God will never listen to me. Yes, he will. Oh, God doesn't understand my trouble. Yes, he does. See, don't put question marks on what God can do. You follow that? Don't put question marks on what God can do. Because we have a God that we worship, that he does the impossible. Right. 
Do you believe that? All right. You can walk on water. You tell me. You go try. All right. I want to go to the sea. I mean, I think everybody. Let's go to the sea. I can walk on water. I want to go with you. Because I want to see you sink. <laughs> and get wet. You know what? But he did walk on water. You see, what we see here, Jesus did not ignore him and kept on going his way. Actually, Jesus approaches him and asks him if he wanted to be healed. Follow that? Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Of course the guy is going to say yes. He's been sick for 38 years. Well, you know what Jesus every day asks people? Do you want to be healed from your sin? And people say, I don't. And that said, all right, you lay in the hospital bed, rely on the hospital, and you're sick. And the doctor walks in and say, hey, you're sick. Duh, I know I'm sick. All right, do you want me to take care of you? Oh, wait, I'm just going to stay sitting. No, you're going to say, yes, sir, yeah. Well, can you find out what's wrong with me? And he said, I'm going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And you're going to, what are you going to say? Yes, sir, get all these x-rays, all those things. I'm in for it. You want to be healed. You want to walk out of there healed. You want to go back to life, right? We have a disease called sin. That's right. And God says to you and me, hey, do you want to be healed? Do what people do. I want to die this way. That's our world. I want to die this way. Isn't that sad? Letter A, we see powerless to help himself. Powerless to help himself. Look at verse 7. An impotent man answers, Sir, I have no man when the water is trouble to put me in the pool and while I am coming another step before, down before me. So this man was so weak that he had no power to help himself. His disease was real and for 38 years he had been laying on the side of that pool hoping to get into the water so they might be healed yet he was never able to get into that pool. Into the water, obviously somebody will bring him there, and obviously he was there laying in that ground, and he could not help himself. Though this man is a picture, like I said, of a sinner before the Lord. Listen, I don't care if you say I'm a good man. I don't care if you say uh, I never commit any crime. I don't care if you say I was baptized in this church. My great-grandfather, my grandfather went to this church. I'm going to heaven when I die. You know what? You will not. He said, well, that's your thing. You know, that's what the Bible teaches. And if you don't believe me, I say to you, read your Bible. It's right there. You know, we have a problem called sin, and that sin will take you to a place called hell. People don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. Amen. Listen, folks, there's no middle grounds, no purgatory. It does not exist. Right. It is heaven or hell. We say, well, oh, oh what, what I got to do to go to heaven? Well, you, first you admit your sin. That's it. First of all, you are sick. And secondly, you say you need a physician. Who is he? Jesus. He specialized on that. Follow that? If you have a heart problem, where you go? To your family doctor? I don't think so. You go to who? There you go. You know why? Because he's the one more than likely is going to help you. And if you go to family doctor, he's going to say, I can help you. I'm going to send you or refer you to a specialist. Well, is it with sin? You know what? There's no doctor in the world that can cure from that disease. And that doctor says, you know, Jesus said, I am the one. I'm the great physician. Come to me and I will help you. Wow. This man right here is a picture of a sinner helplessly lost. So the entire human race, the entire human race is unable to solve the problem of sin. 
That's why we die. Got that? I'm talking about physical death right now. Why the world we die from? Why? Because we inherit the sinful nature that comes from Adam. No, no, we didn't evolve from monkeys and gorillas. We came from our father Adam. It's interesting how people are like, ah, and listen, listen, listen. I was in the zoo not long ago. The gorilla's still gorilling around. And the monkey's still monkeying on the trees. It don't tell me that, that, that I came from there. All right? Because if, if they evolved, that, there would be no more gorillas left. I mean, there's use some common sense here, all right, gang? <laughs> and, you know, I, I, when people talk about things like, you know what? Okay, here's a question. Where the gorilla came from? And you want to have any question? I'm going to ask the question every time. Where this came from? Where this came from? Come to a point, such a person is going to have no questions for me or answers for me because it said, where everything came from? Don't tell me we were just an accident out there. Nothing good comes out of accidents anyway. Okay. <laughs> so the tragedy of this situation that this man was not getting help from other people. And that, this, this actually displays the problem of the human heart. Listen, we are selfish to the core. You say, no, I'm not selfish. Yes, you are. <laughs> Look at here. Let me tell you something. If you're in line right there to get in that pool, and let's say you had cancer. All right? I'm going out to the core. All right? Let's say you had cancer. And let's say this man is laying there for 38 years. And you see the angels push, the waters. I tell you what, you would dive right in. He said, I'm sorry, but I'm dying of cancer. Boom, right in. You do it tomorrow. You know, tomorrow there'll be somebody else doing the same thing. And somebody else doing the same thing. And this guy keeps laying there. Listen, folks, 30 years he's there. And not a human hand. And probably some of them goes, oh, I feel so bad for you. I'm praying for you. One day you're going to get in that pool. I'm praying for you. <laughs> and what we do sometimes? Brother, I wish you well. I'm praying for you. Okay. Another message for another time. <laughs> so, let me give you this illustration. During a southern uh, Sudan famine in 1994, uh, photographer Kevin Carter uh, captured the tragedy through his award-winning photograph. Uh, he photographed a young woman dying, a young child dying, uh, uh, crawling towards the United Nations food camp. She was crawling in a ball, and she was hungry. She was starving uh, to the point of that, and this man took this picture of her, and behind this weak child, there was a vulture waiting for the child to drop dead. This is a real thing. This, I'm not making this up, okay? Uh, this picture went around the world, and but uh, let me see what I'm reading here. The truth was that immediately after he took, I'm sorry, we'll go back a little bit here. Uh, as the picture became more Famous, more people began to question Mr. Carter about what happened to that little girl. The truth was, immediately after he took the picture, he left the scene, leaving the starving girl to die. To appease the public, he lied and said that he, f he fed the girl after taking the picture. But his guilt weighed on his conscience more and more each passing day. Three months later, he could not handle the guilt anymore. Well, that shows how the human heart is. Selfishness. When we willfully choose to live in sin, we invite the wrath of God into our lives. And this man, you know what, what he did, it was beyond. I mean, a very popular picture. You can look it up if you want. You will, will find it. 
uh, but the lie that he did just to accomplish what he wanted. And right here we see a man that is for 38 years laying in the bed, and everybody else is getting in the pool except him. That shows the condition of the human heart. So what we see here, we see letter A, that was the, that power there, and I'm going to number two. Now point number two is this, a caring Savior, a caring Savior. Well, most people saying like this, God doesn't care about me. Ever heard about that? If God loves me, God won't let me go through this. We see this all the time. Isn't that amazing? We humans, when we have something going on in our lives, the first one to be blamed is God. People blame God all the time. It's God's fault. You know, you trip and fall, it's God's fault. You know, you lose sleep, it's God's fault. Everything's God's fault. No. You know what? We have a caring, loving God. If you don't believe me, read your Bible. So as we continued looking at Jesus again in this passage, we see his deity in full display of who Jesus really is. is. Jesus does, does something here that no, no one can do. Get this. He was, it was never the waters that brought healing to this man, it, it was the, but the one who caused the waters to move. And that one, that one was speaking to him right there. Actually, neither, uh, neither Jesus or his disciples helped this man into the pool. Jesus simply, simply said to him, rise up, uh, uh, rise, I'm sorry, rise, take up your bed, thy bed, and walk. Jesus didn't say, get into the pool, let me help you. Told his disciples, help this man in the pool. Jesus says, just get up and walk. You know, proves to us, sometimes we put things. I need Jesus, Jesus I need you, but I need to do this, Jesus. No, he didn't need anything. Listen, faith, solid rock faith that can move mountains can make God's work work in our lives. You got to have that solid rock faith. God can do it. But I want to write, no, no, wait on the Lord, the Bible says. Wait on Him. He can do the impossible. Well, you don't know my life. No, you don't know mine either. But God can do it. God can do it. We see a caring Savior here. Now, you tell me what physician can make something happen. Get up and walk. You don't tell me that some churches are doing that because I'm going to tell you something, okay? Get up and walk. God's power in full display that Jesus is in his, in his humanity is showing that as true nature. He was God Almighty walking on the face of the earth, and he said, what? Get up. And he did. Actually, like I said, Jesus didn't say to get, to get in the pool. He just walked. Now, let me put it this way. That is power. That is a miracle. That is something that only God can do. This wonderful account shows that Jesus Christ's power has power to come into our lives and, and radically change you and me for eternity. Locus says in verse 6, Jesus said unto him, Rise up, rise, take thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. On the same day was, was the Sabbath. Not only he just get up, he healed them completely. All right. I came down with cancer. You know that. I drilled my doctor. I actually I knew the I knew the answers before he asked me. Oh, ask him because I was searching everything on the internet. And one time he told me, "I'm not God." I told him, "I never put you in the place of God." 
but God healed me. Well, say, so, well, no, God used him. All the stuff that I took, but ultimately I put my faith and trust in the Lord. I said, he healed me. Can God heal today like he did this man? Yes, he can. And like me, there are many others out there that could say the same thing. Letter A we see, number two we see is healing power. Jesus took this crippled man and used his spoken words to heal the man. So the power to heal and perform miracles is not in the words of man. It is solely in the word of God. Jesus exercised his power to heal and gave three commands on which he had he acted in faith. And this man, this man strong, had a strong faith enough to listen to the words of Jesus. Let me tell you this way. Is salvation by faith? Yes. Why is by faith? Because it's not our power. It comes from God. It takes faith to believe what God says. Isn't it? Okay, look what this man did. Jesus told this man to get up. What did he do? He get up. He didn't say, oh, you don't understand, I'm crippled. You don't understand, I can't just move. He said, get up, and he get up. You know what Jesus tells, tells sinners in this world? Get up. And many don't. Many don't. We might have somebody here this morning, somebody online watching you say, I don't want to get up. God said, get up. Why? Get up. Jesus told this man to get up. There was a reason for him to get up. Number two, Jesus told this man to take up his bed. Now, imagine that. <laughs> He's a crippled man, can't even help himself, and God tells him to get your bed and walk. Oh, my goodness. Did you ever try to pick a bed? Is that heavy? Come on, I mean, I'm practically speaking right here. Is that heavy? Many of us can't even... Get a bed, you know, up. You know, I probably can't, depending on the size of the bed. Let's imagine it's a king-size bed. Many of us can't even move the thing. They're like, Ugh. I mean, you know, it's, it's just brutally heavy. God's, I mean, it's probably a little thing. But anyway, he said, pick up your bed. The guy was just healed. Can you imagine you, you know, when you get admitted to the hospital, you walk out, you have to come in the wheelchair. Is that correct? Come on the wheel all the way to the door. After that, they don't care, but they, <laughs> they, it's, it's their policy. They wheel all the way to the door, and after they, they kick you. No, I'm just kidding. But they put you there, and you get up on your own. But imagine if the doctor said to you, all right, okay, get out of bed, get the wheelchair on you, and walk. You would say, like, are you out of your mind? I mean, wouldn't you say that? What did you say, sir? You want me to get the wheelchair on my back and walk out of the hospital? You know I'm sick, right? Well, God says right here, get up. Take up your bed. Don't leave the garbage behind. Isn't that amazing? He told this man to get up. 38 years laying down. And 38, can you imagine that? Oh, but you don't understand, Jesus. I need to go to therapy so I can learn how to walk. He didn't say that to him. So get up. And number three, he told the man to walk. Think about it. This man have been crippled for 38 years. And Jesus comes to this man and tells, get up, get your bed, and walk. What does Jesus tell this man is not natural to us, is it? Who's, who's nurses here? Have any nurses here? We've got a nurse there. All right. You ever see a doctor tell that to a patient? It just don't happen. Can you imagine that? Oh, my goodness. No, it don't happen that way. 
It's unnatural right here. What Jesus tells this man is not natural. A crippled people don't just stand up, walk, and especially with weight on top of them. No person could do such a thing. But listen to this. The Bible says, but with God, everything is possible. You see God's power? Lord, I can't do this. And God says, yes, you can. God said to Moses, I want you to go to Egypt to get my children out of there. Um, I, I can't speak. I can't go. You've got to find somebody else. You know what God says? No, you are the one. You're going down there. I can't. It's you, Moses. You're going down there. What happened to Moses? He went down there. Did God use him? Yes. And when uh, he moves out of the scene, God tells Joshua, you take my people to the promised land. Can God do it? Yes, he can. So what does God lay in your heart today? You say, God, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because God can do uh, the impossible in our lives. This man believed in Jesus and had faith. And what he said, he stood up, picked up his bed, and walked just as Jesus told him. Folks, let me put it this way. That is a miracle. Let it be we see his power. His power. This is the heart of the matter right here. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, possessing all the attributes of of his deity. Those miracles was a constant reminder to the Jewish people that Jesus was a promised Messiah. Those miracles were there for a purpose. You follow that? He came to his own and his own received him not. He came to show them, I am he who was promised through the scriptures. Look what I'm doing. You know, and the lame is walking. The dead is being raised. It's for a purpose, so you can see. You see, what about us? It's the same purpose, so you can look and see. There is a God who loves me and cares about me. See, we see his power right here. John actually 5.16 says, Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Here we're talking about legalism here. They're more interested about the law than what Jesus was doing and Jesus told them go it's written about me go search the scriptures instead of doing that they persecuted him you know what there's many people in our world today are more interested on spew garbage about Jesus on curse his name on using his name in all kinds the, the filthy conversations you know what and he says I'm here I can save you and believe me I work in the world I know what's going on out there Every day I hear the name of my Savior spit on the ground. People just throwing his name left and right. People they don't care. And God says, I can heal you. And they don't want God's healing. You see, this passage shows three particular areas of equality right here between God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. Why I say this? Because there are many people in our world that don't believe that Jesus is God. When the Bible clearly teaches that. Before Abraham was, I am. Right. Is right there. You know? Before Abraham was, I am. Amen. Number one, they are equal in works. John chapter 5 verse 21. And the Bible even says, Emmanuel, God with us. John chapter 5 verse 21 says, For the Father raised up the dead and quickened them, even so the Son quickened whom he will. 
Number two, we see he's, he, they are equal in judgment. Verse 22 of John chapter 5, it says, For the Father judged no man, but that committed all judgment unto the Son. And they are equally in honor. Verse 23 of John chapter 5, it says that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honor the Son, honor not, I mean, I'm sorry, he that honor not the Son, honor not the Father which had sent him. So Jesus Christ is equally with God. He was God in the flesh walking amongst us. And you know what? We have to believe that. Amen. The scriptures teach about that. Some, some denominations say that Jesus was the Son of God, but He was not God. Well, that's wrong doctrine. Amen. That's wrong teaching. When the Bible clearly teaches that, teaches that He is the Almighty God. Now what we see our last point, I think is the last point, uh, a powerful promise. Think about it. Why would anybody, especially a sick man, for so many years remain in one place if nothing specially were occurring to him? Who would think that after 38 years of nothing happened, this man would go, would, would go elsewhere, try something else? This man believed that if he get in that waters, he would be healed. Here's the problem. He couldn't get there. You know why? Because everybody else was ahead of him. Can you imagine the chaos when that waters moved? The Bible says the multitude of people there, not just him. It was not just a mere accident that this guy was this late. It was a bunch of people they lined up. So can you imagine, imagine the chaos that went when the waters moved? The waters moved. Everybody tried to jump in. And of course, if you are handicapped, if you're laying down, you cannot move. You can't get there. So no matter how you look at this miracle, it is this miracle is illustration of the grace of God. It was, God, it was grace that was brought Jesus to the pool there for who would want to mingle with a crowd of helpless people anywhere. Jesus now healed all of them. He singled out one person here. Because this person, according to the passage, he went to the temple. It was a purpose for this. John noted that the man had been healed, like I said, for 38 years. Perhaps he saw in this picture of his own Jewish nation who had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 14. Spiritually speaking, Israel was a nation of impotent people waiting hopelessly for something to happen. And when Jesus came on the scene, they denied him. Even when he's about to crucify, here's the, the Roman centurion saying to him, where's the truth? And the truth was sitting, standing next to him. Amen. You know what they do? They refuse the truth and crucify the truth. The cure was immediately, and certainly some of many people on the pool must have witnessed that. And Jesus didn't pause to heal anyone else. Instead, he moved away. He healed that man. And you know what? He would call about these divine appointments. He went there with a purpose. He passed there, and he singled that man out because he wanted to heal that man. You know what? Glory to God, because even today we say, why God heals some and don't heal others? God does those things. Does everybody that comes down with cancer gets healed? No. When I was battling cancer, there was a young lady in our church, 24 years old, I believe, and she had leukemia. She died. I'm still here. And I praise the Lord for it. But we were going through the same thing ourselves together. So what we see right here in this 
the a powerful promise under that. Uh, we see letter A, you see the invitation right here. The invitation is like John chapter 5, verse 24 says, Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my words and believe on him that sent me had everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but pass, uh, uh, passed from death into life. Yeah. And he says, Verily or truly, truly, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and there that he shall live. For the Father, for as the Father had life in himself, so he that, I'm sorry, so, I'm sorry, so had he given to the Son to, lie, to, to have life in himself. What is Jesus saying right here? He said, he that heareth my words. Did that man hear God's word? Yes, he did. When he said, get up, he get up. When he said, take off thy bed, he took off his bed. He said, what? He walked. You know, he listened. He heard God's word. You know the problem of humanity? Many people hear, but they don't, I mean, many people listen, but they don't hear anything. It goes in this way, goes out the other way. That's why you say something to somebody about Jesus, and they go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell that person over there, because I don't want to hear. That's people do. You know what? We go and tell the words of God, and the people don't want to hear it. You wonder why we are in the mess we are? Let me put it this way. I'm not into politics. The White House is not going to say, fix your life. You follow that? I don't care if the president, president is there. Anything. Only if we have this guy in there, everything changes. No. Only if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then things change. You say, what? Well, I'm telling you. Imagine if our president, the senators, the House of Representatives, your governor, your mayors, imagine if those people received Jesus as Savior. You think it would make a difference? Oh, yeah, it would. It wouldn't make a difference. Imagine if your neighbors, imagine if your loved ones, imagine if your co-workers, they all receive Jesus as Savior. It would be a better place to work. Oh, yes. It would be a better neighborhood, more than likely. But that, that's what he does. He changes people. Government doesn't change people. Only makes people complain. Oh, the Republicans come in, the Democrats complain. The Democrats come in, the Republicans complain. It's always the same thing. It, it doesn't stop. But when God comes in, hmm, things change. <laughs> and he invites you. He that heareth my words and believe on him, they send me. There's an invitation for salvation here. Let me put it this way. No one goes to hell on love. And I believe the entire human race are, no, there is a savior. And he's a great physician who can heal them. You know the problem? They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. All right, you go to the doctor tomorrow. The doctor said, you got to take these pills so you can feel better. And you go home and you say, hmm. and you don't take the pills. And you get sicker, right? You're not going to feel better. You know what God says to you and me? If you hear my words and believe on my words, and take it to heart, and accept me as your Savior, you're going to feel better. You know what the problem is? Many people don't believe that. Praise the Lord for those who believe. But many don't. Many don't believe that Jesus is that powerful. They look at the cross and say, look, you want me to believe that? You follow that? 
They look at the cross and say, you mean I believe that? No. That's just an action. He went to the cross, the cross and shed his blood for you and me. He's not there. Amen. Follow that? He rose from the dead. Right. And that is power. Amen. So if he rose from the dead, I think he has power to do more than just that. Amen. The Bible says that he continues to sustain creation. The universe is the one who controls everything. They say, oh, no, 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 that's just, no, no, that's nature. Listen, I don't believe in Mother Nature. I believe in the Father God. I just don't believe that because nature cries out to the Savior. Read your Bible, it's right there. Nature's crying out to the Savior because this world is cursed with sin. That's the truth of the Bible. Why do you think all vegetation dies and all goes to sleep? And they die literally. Why do you think all animal kind die? Because this world is cursed with sin. And the only great physician that can heal people from sin is Jesus Christ. I finish with this this morning. All of us have a predicament. It's called sin. And the only cure, only, only great physician or specialist that you can go to is Jesus. Even after you're saved, you still can go to him for forgiveness. You follow that? Right. Not only to salvation, but after you're saved, you, can, you go to him for forgiveness. Because he is the only one that can forgive you of your sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. Oh, as a man, they're laying for 38 years. Lord, we look at our world. There's people that live 90 years, 100 years. And your gift is there, and they still refuse it. Lord, how sad it is when a person is sick and refuse medical attention. Lord, it is a disease worse than cancer called sin. And people still refuse to be cured today. I pray, Father someone here this morning and never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. May today they realize they're sick. They have a disease called sin. May they repent of this and may they call upon the great physician to heal them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. We have a song of invitation this morning. You know one of the reasons I love this song I read the life of this guy and what he did. It's page 336. John Newton. It was a slave trade. 